Good morning. This is June the 5th, 2023. Welcome in on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. What a day the Lord has made. This is a day that I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. This is a day that God will do anything. He can do anything. Let me say it like this. He is the God of the possible and there's nothing impossible with him. And whatever situation, whatever you're going through, whatever you're walking through, it is not bigger than him. He is bigger than any mountain. He is bigger than any valley. He is bigger than anything that is in front of you this morning, my friend. And today, Jesus is going to swoop down into your situation. And we never say that he's bringing you over or under, but he will walk it through with you because he's a good, good father who never leaves or forsakes his children. Amen. So welcome in this morning. We're so privileged and honored that you give us your ear for two hours every single weekday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. And we are thankful and our hearts are full of gratitude for um, you allowing us into your house, your car, your workplace, wherever it is. We're just thankful and we're honored and humbled by you guys and your generosity, your giving, your love, your support, your encouragement, and I'm just very excited to be in the studio this morning. We have uh, Miss Hannah and Miss Gretchen. Mr. Miller is um, on a little rocket trip or something like that to somewhere, Chicago, I think, and so he's not with us this morning, but very excited to be in the house, and we got a good, very good surprise here in a little while, but Miss Hannah, Miss Gretchen, how are y'all going? I'm here. You're here. <laughs> I think, am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I feel that, Miss Gretchen. <laughs> no, this is, um, wow. Um, last night was a, an amazing time. Actually, yesterday was just a great day in the Lord, so I'm still just joyful. Um, <laughs> we had a great church service, and um, we kind of had a time of worship afterwards, practicing, and it was just a great day. Mm-hmm. It was a good day. All around, and a marvelous time, just an incredible time last night at Madger Pentecostal. Uh, Pastor Billy and Josh and all of them did a wonderful job hosting Bishop Lance Johnson. Johnson and Brother Lance brought the word last night in a big way. It was it was a great night. It was an excellent night. Just the power of God fell, um, healings and restoration and people being filled with the fire of God. Um, just an incredible night, an incredible night. And um, Brother... Uh, Bishop Lance Johnson and Pastor Billy is going to come on with us here this morning at 8 o'clock, and we're going to start talking some details and, and talk some about the Harvest Conf- Conference that's coming up in September. It's going to be here at Bethel Fellowship, and I'm telling you what, we cannot be more excited about it. Um, he's going to pour his spirit out. I know it. Um, and so we're going to talk a lot about that coming up at 8 o'clock and also just um, talk a lot and let Bishop Lanes Johnson speak some and get some revelation out there. And so just really excited for that at 8 o'clock. Um, Jim Waters is usually on with us every first for Monday of each month. Um, we're go- He's going to come on next Monday. He's going to be on 8 o'clock next Monday with us. And then Dr. Grady McMurtry is going to be on at 8.30. So it's going to be a great Monday morning next week. And Jim was very, um, he was very understanding and uh, great to say, hey, I'll, uh, no problem. We'll reschedule for next Monday and give Bishop Lance, um, where he's going to be on with about an hour. And so just very excited for that and very thankful for Brother Jim Waters for being easy to um, 
to reschedule on that because we're very thankful he comes on every first Monday again and does a great job, and we always really appreciate him and the Bluegrass Institute for keeping us updated on the policy and what's affecting our everyday life as Kentuckians in the state of Kentucky. Um, we also want to remind you, and we'll remind you a lot this week, make sure your calendars are marked, make sure your schedule is clear. Women's Conference this weekend, Friday, Monday, I mean, sorry, Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. and then Saturday at 4 o'clock p.m. It's going to be a great time in the presence of the Lord. And ladies, get ready. Just get ready. He's going to put his spirit out on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. And so just very excited for all that God's got in store for this weekend. I know it's going to be awesome. I know it's going to be great. And I know you ladies need to make plans and make arrangements to be there. Child care will be provided. And fresh refreshments are Friday night and more of a full foolish meal on Saturday. And so just make plans accordingly to that. But it's going to be an incredible time. And you all need to be geared up, ready up, prayed up and ready to get into the fire of God and see what God wants to do in a group of ladies who are hungry for his presence. Mm-hmm. So that's this Friday night, June the 9th and 10th here at Bethel Fellowship. And uh, come on out, be a part of what God's doing. You, you will not be disappointed in the presence of the Lord. And so Miss Megan Fortner is going to be here speaking, and she's mm-hmm. been on here several times, and uh, she's uh, we just call her a little fireball. She just gets mm-hmm. going, and she she'll go with it. And so um, I'm going to be doing child care and I'm, I'm, I'm on child care, so I don't get to hear it. And, but I'm not a girl, so it's okay. Anyways, um, this is for the ladies. And so I'm thankful that that's going on here this weekend. Um, let's say we had our dates. Um, I'm going to go ahead and announce this so everybody can get on there. Uh, we don't usually, actually, we usually don't do a VBS here at Bethel. Um, we do so much with kids all the time. I mean, it's our heartbeat. It's our life. It's it's a centerpiece of our ministry is really uh, ministering to children and ministering to kids. And it's one of our passions. But this year we are doing a VBS and it's going to be an incredible time. We had a meeting yesterday after church and ate pizza and spent some time fellowshipping. And um, it was it was an incredible time of just fellowship. I really enjoyed the fellowship. And that's going to be August 3rd, 4th, and 5th. So 3rd and 4th will be 6 six o'clock nightly for those two nights. And you can drop your kids off as early as 530. Um, and we'll go till 8. And it's, we've, got, we've got a lot of great things happening in those two and a half, two hours. Um, activities, fun. We're going to have some snacks and food and all this and teaching. And going to get some worship in there. It's going to be awesome. And then Saturday is going to be more of a full day, 10 to 4. And I know that Saturday is going to be like a commencement thing where we send these kids off from the school and, and we're going to pray over them and we'll send them off and we're going to have a lot of cookout. We're going to have a big cookout. We're going to have, uh, uh, we're trying to get some, I mean, we're just going to do it big. Um, and so we're working on all that, all the final details of it. And, um, but also it's going to kind of be a back to school send off too. We're going to try to double mm-hmm. up because I know Grayson will go back earlier in the week, but I think Brett County and and we is here too at Bethel Christian Academy does not go back to the following week. So it's kind of like a double up for us. It's going to be awesome. And so that's third, fourth, and fifth for the VBS here at Bethel Fellowship. And we had, I don't know, I'd say we had 25, 30 people stay just for the volunteer part yesterday. Mm -hmm. And we probably had 10 people that couldn't be there. That's going to be a part of it too. So um, it was a really good turnout. I thought so too. And um, it was good. And so we got everybody in charge of their departments and, uh, my job's done, 
I'm just <laughs> I we I'm I'm calling myself the water gun sheriff, so I'm just gonna walk around with a water gun. And if anybody's <laughs> misbehaving, they get sprayed. Um and so I need one of those there was a water gun I saw on Facebook the other day and it was like high powered. I said, I need one of those. <laughs> like it was it was a good one. You could probably squirt across the church and hit somebody with that thing. So I need that water gun and I'm excited for that. So Am I missing anything? Anything y'all can think of top of your head I'm missing? I don't want to not announce anything. Um, I know that Cools Cumber Presbyterian down there, they have a um, VBS coming up too. And I will search for that here in a second. Um, And like I said, we're not exclusive to Bethel. But if I don't get stuff, I can't announce it. So if y'all have stuff that you want us to announce, please never hesitate to get that to us. You can message me at 270-230-6337, or you can call the station 270-257-2689, and you'll, you'll be able to tell us, hey, get these on there. We have an app, event thing on our app. We'll have all these stuff on the app, but as well, too, we can be announcing it for you guys. And so... um Please don't don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to get us your information. So, Hannah, anything I'm missing? Um, is there a youth thing going on in uh, somewhere close by? I thought maybe it's already over. <laughs> yeah, that was the youth retreat, and that was awesome. Cool Presbyterian actually yeah. did host that yeah, at nice. Madrid, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was great. And That's I'm really cool. I'm looking on Miss Ashley's Facebook page. Here we go. Vacation Bible School, Cool Presbyterian, which for those who don't know is if you get on 401 down the road, uh, keep going past Madrid, and I guess what, it's probably another half mile on the right, Miss Gretchen, mm-hmm. I'd say, mm-hmm. and um, it's going to be July 5th through 7th, 6 to 8 o'clock p.m. nightly for those who have kids. Welcome to kids of all ages. Uh, for more information, you can talk, contact Miss Ashley Tucker, um, and so... Uh, I'm sure you can probably find her on Facebook and in those areas. So, again, that's July and um, July 5th, 6th, and 7th. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make sure I got that. I, I see their, their flyers. And uh, Miss Ashley was on with us, I guess, what was it, a couple weeks ago now? Yeah, a few weeks ago. And really enjoyed her being on. And um, her she has two daughters that um, sang at the youth retreat. And I'm trying to get them to become a family singing group. <laughs> like, I mean, like legit. I, I, I've heard a lot of Southern gospel stuff and a lot of singing groups as a family. And um, they're some of the best harmony I've ever seen or heard as a family. Like just as a, a close-knit family, they were, they were really good. And I'm trying to get them to be a family singing group. And I said, I'll be your first booking gig or whatever it is <laughs> said i'll book you um they they're they were just so soft but their hearts also is for the lord and you could tell it and um and so just um it was it was very i, I want to say impressive their harmony but it was also um it was spiritually charging too and so you could Amen. tell there's an anointing on them as a family and then uh wilson there we go thank you miss nico wilson home church vbs is, has um june 27th through 30th six o'clock to eight o'clock p.m each night there at wilson home keepers of the kingdom i love that love that um and so wilson home always does a terrific vbs my kids have gone several times so there's and they do in a terrific one as well june 27th through 30th is there um at Wilson home and um, love that place. Love the heart of that place. Love the leaders and those who go over there. 
They just feel like family to me. And I know God's doing tremendous things over there with Pastor Chris and Pastor Tasha and all them. And I'm just very thankful and pray for them and, and really ask the Lord to pour his spirit out over there. And so, again, June 27th through 30th, Keepers of the Kingdom over at Wilson Home, 6 to 8 p.m. nightly. All right, I like this. Bring, bring on more announcements. I'm, I'll, I'll news anchor announcements all day long. I'm good. We'll do this till nine o'clock, eight o'clock when Bishop Lance gets here. Um, but it is, it's a joy. It's a joy. And that's what we want to be here as a radio station here at Box Two Radio, is a radio station for our community and the churches of our community that we can grow together, that we can be stretched together, that we can rejoice together, that we can seek the presence of the Lord together, and that we can join together as one body, one mind, one spirit, one baptism to go forth in the pursuit of Jesus to be known in all the earth. Amen. Amen. Uh, Joey Sosh, um, we call him Josh, uh, says, what is a guitar player's favorite Italian food? Stromboli. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, I, I've got so many Josh stories lately, um, but I'm going to hold them. I'm going to hold them. I will say one. I will say one. Um, little Connor, he's so sweet, and every time he sees me, he just smiles and lights up the little room. And Joey's sitting there holding him last night at, at um the snack food after the service and we're back there and i've already ate and so i was like hey you mean ho connor for a minute i don't mind it he's my little buddy and let joey eat and he said i got it i got it there i mean i'm talking 30 seconds later 30 seconds later connor had the water bottle the lid wasn't put on good enough squeezes the water bottle well connor got baptized back there and the during the meal he baptized himself and so Joey has to take him out and he's taking him to Miss Megan out front and she comes back and I said in Joey's defense and she goes you know you have to say that a lot lately uh, <laughs> oh and so it's um Miss Megan's probably and this is the one that's going to be in charge well, of the uh we're, we're going to have to kick up the um we're going to have to kick up the liability probably a little bit Yes, this is why he said now nah, he came up to me yesterday I don't know if it, I thought it was Joe or Joey because it's the Joe and Joey daycare and they say now how did you weasel out of doing daycare so I'm not I'm just not putting my name on there because if I don't have my name on it, liability's not mine. <laughs> and so I just, I'm a silent partner. <laughs> That's good. So it was, it was so funny. Um, but Connor did get baptized last night at church and it was awesome. Um, but no, it was, it was a really rich time in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. And um, just love to Amazing. see how many pastors were there together and how many different churches were there. And, it was truly overflowing. Like we were, it was literally going out the back door. Um, it was awesome. It was a glorious time in the presence of the Lord. And um, I've I've grown to where anytime I can go down to Madrid, I do. Um, I love the people. I love the church. I love Pastor Billy and Pastor Josh's heartbeat. Um, man, I love those two men of God so much. And I think they're they're two of my my favorite people. I have a lot of favorite people. Um, <laughs> But, you know, when, when you have, when you meet, and this is one of the joys of being a part of the radio station and doing whatever small part I can, you meet so many incredible men and women of God, yeah. like you just do. And um, how can you just say one's your favorite when there's so many incredible ones out there? So Amen. just say they're all my favorite. But Josh and Billy are tremendous men of God, and they have a heartbeat to see the harvest come in and revival to happen and the unity of the churches to happen. And I just believe God's going to use them in a mighty way. But... When I go down there, I just, 
you know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm learning to be a hugger. There's a lot of people said I'm, I'm working on it, Aaron. I'm working on it, mm-hmm. and I'm getting better on it. And I'm, I'm, I am getting better on it. But it's just, um, I go down there and I just feel at home. And so I, I just love being down there. But more than that, it was just a powerful time yeah. of the outpouring of His Spirit. And um, I'm thankful I just got to be a part of it. And um, I'm just, I don't know, I was just, I was really honored and humbled to be there. As always, anytime you can be in the presence of the Lord, um, because he don't owe this to us. Like, that's the thing we always got to remember. He don't he don't owe us to pour his spirit out on it. He he does it because he loves us and he he loves his good children. He don't he don't owe it to us to give us healing or owe it to us to give us empowerment. He does it because he loves us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and he so, has a purpose. And everything. Yes. So it's it just a glorious it was night. Awesome. It was an awesome time. Um, I will notice this, though. It was, for me, it was a confirmation in a lot of things um, because, honestly, what he preached last night, I preached Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Like, some of the... Say, I uh, was thinking the exact same thing. I kept looking over there at you to see your reaction, facial reaction. I was gone most of it. <laughs> I also wonder sometime if you and Miss Karen, our Sunday school class, if you all don't compare notes. We don't. We don't. <laughs> Well, Aaron she'll doesn't use it. notes, so yeah, yeah, she'll teach it and then uh, and then you'll <laughs> preach it. <laughs> I mean, I just I don't know. I just feel like there's a, I, I think it's confirmation that the Holy Spirit's really speaking to the church. Oh yeah, and um, and it's not on one man. It's not on one woman. It's just those who have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. And um, I don't. You don't need a word from Aaron. You need a word from Aaron heaven you need a you don't need a song from hannah or heather you need a song from heaven yeah. and so I, I think that's where it's significant is let him who have an ear hear what the spirit of god is saying to the churches i think now i might butcher this but it was something to the effect that stuck with me that um brother lance said it was something like my prayer is that the church won't be satisfied with anyone else's river but their own like you know the rivers that flow Mm -hmm. out the rivers Mm -hmm. of living water like saying that like we won't be satisfied with anyone else's other than what the lord has given us yeah like that stuck with me so much because that's like with a song that's with a sermon that's with anything Mm -hmm. anything yeah i think i caught the tail end of that when i come back in if you would have passed that church last night, you would have probably thought we was weirdos because me and Joe, me and Joey and Megan both, we all had the babies outside, and but our my ear was pressed up to the window, and so as we're outside with a church full of people, my ear is pressed to the window to try to hear what he's saying because I was, I mean, I, I didn't want Ivy to like absolutely destroy everybody else's ability to, which bro, brother Lance could preach loud i mean i'm a loud guy too so um i don't think that was too big of a problem but i don't know i'm always self-conscious of that stop and take a breath you maybe would hear a baby but other than that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so but i had daddy duty and uh and then um ivy really likes to hear cars passing i don't know why she just (laughs) she just followed them and so she's so precious she's so precious well if you got your Bibles, we're in John chapter 11. Uh, Greg, can, Greg make sure that we finished John chapter 10 the other day. Yeah. And so he was he saying, was we're going to get there. Yeah, he was determined to get through John chapter 10. So we did. Um, but John chapter 11 is one of my favorite chapters. And I have no idea how long this is going to take us to get through because 
Um, I have preached more from John chapter 11 than any other chapter in the Bible. I preach more from the book of Ephesians overall than any other book, but from chapters, I've preached John chapter 11 a lot. And so we're just going to get into it, and we will see what the Spirit of the Lord is saying over John chapter 11. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. And so we, we're already finding out some who Mary was, and we're finding out where they're at, Bethany, and that there's this Mary and Martha. Mary's the one that anoints or anointed the Lord with ointment and wipes his feet with her hair. And then he says, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified together thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So Mary and Martha were meeting them, kind of. I mean, like, we're not meeting them, but we're getting accustomed to them. He's telling us some things behind the scenes. They call for Jesus because their brother Lazarus is sick. Now, we do find in verse 5, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Like, I think that's very significant. Like, he was reiterating to us. He loved them. I think they had a special relationship. I think they did have a special bond. I think that, um, you know, when we we talk about people like their family kind of deal, even if they're not biological, they're kind of family. I feel like Jesus is really close to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. I, I think there was something special about that relationship. Um, special enough that Mary and Martha were able to call from him, call for him, even when he's not around. And I'm not for sure how how much that happened. Um, you know, when he come into a city, he uh, he would heal all those who were oppressed, all those who were sick, all those who were possessed, anything like that. He would heal. He would do the work. But you don't find many times where somebody called Jesus, mm. and Jesus responds. And this is probably one of the, um, this is a scripture that's important whenever you're dealing with what we would say systematic theology or biblical narrative where we got to take the whole of scripture and contextually use it to understand other scriptures. Because he says here, the sickness is not in the death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God might be glorified thereby. You take that into unison with other ones, um, for instance, whenever they said, was this man born blind because of his parents' sin or his mm-hmm. sin? Yeah. And he said, well, neither. It was neither one of those. It was that God may be glorified, that you're going to see the works of God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is actually going to tell us later on, like, this happens because he's trying to get you to believe. Like, mm-hmm. all of this is for the glory of God, but it's so that if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God. Like, all this is about getting them to believe, open their eyes, get out of their mundane religion mundane this and we're going to find a lot of this coming out with the system and all the religiosity that's still in their hearts and how jesus is exposing them and using the story of lazarus to do so but here we find that this sickness he's telling them he's not going to die but you got to understand it's not happening because he sinned it's not happening because you all sinned guys it's happening so that god could get the glory Mm. The whole picture of this, you know, is like there's a plan here Mm -hmm. and we're going to see it all unfold. And uh, I mean, even just the fact of what happens when Lazarus is 
raised from the dead, mm -hmm. and then just the results of that, you know, how it affects the religion, all, yes. the religious all around him. So, In a big way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hannah, you got anything you wanted to add to that? No, it's just, the, I just feel like faith. Like, I, I just always try to picture this happening now. <laughs> like, I'm picturing this happening, um, and we see it. I mean, and I know that, like, you've given your and Heather's testimony and um, just a lot of other just tough things that happen. Um, but I don't know, just faith. I just feel like these things really are just building faith. And that's yeah. what him, you know, wanting them to be doing this so that they will believe. Yeah. And I think it's always remembered. It's always important to remember that God is never the doer of the evil. He's the allower and he allows it and in essence gives permission for something to happen, but he's not executing it. Mm -hmm. He didn't do the sickness, but the sickness was allowed for the glory of God mm -hmm. to be manifested. Yeah. Um, even in my wife and my situation with the miscarriage and the fallopian tube exploding and all that, um, he allowed this to happen because I believe God could have stopped it in a heartbeat. Nothing is bigger than who he is mm -hmm. and he's sovereign and he's good. And that's where trust and faith really comes in at is that all things are going to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, that mm -hmm. what they meant for evil, God's going to turn it around for your good. Like the Lord's really good at this kind of stuff. And he allowed it. We see this with Job really even see this with Joseph because um, jo he allowed Joseph to keep getting in these situations and getting these things, but it was all for positioning sake. And the Lord was using every situation for his glory and for Joseph's advancement and yeah. development. And it's like we say all the time, your situations, your trials, your whatevers, they're never the definer of who you are. They're the development of who you're going to be. And that God will use the situations to get you in exactly the same place that you're supposed to be character-wise, positionally-wise, whatever it looks like, he will use situations. And that's why James says, count it all joy when you face diverse temptations or tribulations, because really in that, there's actually this development. Mm -hmm. And um, he's purifying you, your gold being refined by the fire. And so in this, though, specifically, he's mm -hmm. allowing Lazarus to go through this because God's going to get the glory at the end of the day, and he's actually doing it so they could see the glory of God. Okay. I actually think Bishop Lance said something last night kind of similar to this. I'm going to make sure I word this right. He said, you will never know he's the way maker if you never have to have a way made. Mm -hmm. You'll never know he's the healer if you never have to be healed. Mm -hmm. He'll never, you'll never know him as a deliverer if you're never delivered. Yeah. And it's not saying we go and get sick so that we can prove God to be healer. But don't always think that every time you get sick, it's because you sinned or because you did something tremendously awful. Now, there is times that we see God's judgment or God's discipline or something like that used in areas of that. We see it with David. Um, whenever he lost the first child after the whole is issue with Bathsheba, like it wasn't that good starting out with. Um, I think that's a fair way to say it, right, Miss Gretchen? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a it wasn't a good start to the relationship. Um, uh -huh. Usually, when you commit adultery and you have the husband killed and all this, that's probably not the way to start a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably not healthy. They really should have got some premarital counseling before all this happened. <laughs> I think they could have diverted some situations. But they did lose their first child, and he was a toddler. Like, most people think that it just happened immediately. No, I think I think David felt the weight of it. And uh, most people, most scholars at this point believe that when the child was lost, he was probably two to three years old. Um, and he, he, was a, almost, he was a toddler at this point, and 
David still, he said, you know, I, I know today I'll be with you in paradise. Um, but it was really a result. Like there is times that things happen. Um, and when Ananias and Sapphira, they lied to the spirit of God, they lied to the apostles. And when they did that, they said, why has Satan filled your heart? And when, when Satan had filled their heart, what did happen to them? Died. They, they died. I mean, like there is times that things happen as an immediate result to your situation and your choices and your, your sin. Like there is that. But that's not that every single time either. And I think that's where we have to use discernment, wisdom. There's counsel in the wisdom of many. Like we need to surround ourselves with people who can help us and help us unpack things and help us walk through things by the grace of God and the discernment of the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand that some things that you're facing is not to be your for your detriment or your um, death or anything like that. Sometimes it's for your development, like we said, but also it's just for your the glory of God. And he will use situations to manifest his beauty, to manifest his power. And I would say, looking back, if you say, Lazarus, are you upset you went through all this? Are you kidding me? Do you know how many people heard of the glory of God? Because I just had to sit in the grave for three days and take a break. Mm-hmm. And he said, I got up. When did he got up? When Jesus called him out. I'm, I know I'm getting ahead of my story, but I mean, of the John 11, but it's, you know, I, th- I think sometimes we we blame God for stuff he did not do, but also we're blaming Satan for things he's not doing. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, and I'm not trying to get him off the hook. Satan's devouring, searching, but I think we have to understand things properly if we're ever going to pray for them appropriately. And um, so I, I say this sometimes, and y'all just chime in here. I just feel like I'm talking away. <laughs> oh, well, I was about to say, I feel like Satan would want us to blame him if it means that we aren't taking responsibility for what we're doing. Sure. Because even though, yes, like if we're going to blame anyone, you know, Satan deserves blame. But like if he can get us wrapped up in just blaming him and ignoring our own responsibility of what we need to do to change something, then he's accomplished. Sure. Like he's winning. Um, And then also it just reminded me um, that the part about, um, blaming God for things. It reminded me of some something that Lance said last night too. Um, I'm trying to for- formulate my thoughts of how I connected that. Um, okay, keep talking because okay. it'll come back to me. Well, it's, it's really what he said really connected to what, what we were talking well, about. Well, I think one of the significant things for me is when we're talking about the enemy persuading that it's almost like a trick and a deception that he's doing everything. And you need to be focused on him because sometimes we just need to rebuke ourselves in the mirror. Yeah. And we're we're rebuking every demon that we could think of in our head. And we're even making them up. The spirit of the coffee cup has got me. <laughs> All right. Well, no, it's that you have no self-discipline and you can't say no. So I, I've been reading devotional and, and uh, it's kind of like always take advantage of every situation. Yeah, Especially when you can rest in his presence. Mm-hmm. You know, don't blame the devil or don't blame, you know, anybody else, you know, for your, you know, the, the difficulties and whatever you're, that you're going through. Just rest in Jesus. It's your opportunity to to uh, rest in his presence mm-hmm. and, and take advantage of that he's there with you to see yeah. you through whatever situation. Amen. You know, so I got it now. It, it came back to me. <laughs> Um, he was spirit of coffee cup, right? <laughs> I don't know what that don't just jogged up, my memory. As soon as you said coffee, my memory just got better. I don't know what it was. Um, no, but he was talking about how there was, you know, a lot of people are 
were blaming God. Like he was sensing that, you know, there might be some people and just people in the church blame God for a lot of things. Um, but he was also talking about if you knew, if you know God and don't just know about God, then you would know that God wasn't the one who did that. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was just so powerful because, and that's the same thing with this, like with the illness, like honestly, and when these things happen in life, we really wouldn't start questioning and start blaming God for all this and start asking, well, if you're God, then why don't you do this and this and this? Like we wouldn't do that if we knew him, because if we know him, then we know his character and we trust him. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. And it comes back to that statement. The theologian said one time, all of Christianity can be summed up with one word on our part, trust. We've got to learn to trust. And the way we learn to trust is we learn him and know we know him. Because if you just know about him. somebody, you really can't trust that. Uh, we need to experience the love of God. We need to experience the grace of God. We need to experience the, the, the comfort of who he is and the truth and that he is exactly who he says he is and he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if it's one thing we can go to the bank on, it's that he is good. He's always been good. He's always going to be good. And um, and we can rest, as Miss Gretchen just said, in that. But also, we always got to be cautious never to sit back and yell at demons when it's really our choices that we're making every single day. Yes, the enemy tempts you, but the enemy can't make you do anything. Like, he tempts you. He provokes you. But at the end of the day, you're the one that walks in it, and you make the choice. And people say, well, Aaron, that's not fair. I live this life. I know, like, the enemy don't make me mess up. Will he give me the seed? Will he give me the the temptation? Will he provoke me? Will he manipulate? Will he deceive? Yes, but the Satan is not all-powerful. He's not all-present, omnipresent. He is not everywhere. He is not all-powerful. He is he, he He's limited in what he can do. And he will push what he can do to a certain limit as much as he possibly can. But at the end of the day, we make the decision to actually execute the sin. He provokes it. He drops it in our lap. But I don't know about you all, but Satan's never made me sin. At the end of the day, I chose to connect with it. And I chose to execute it. He did a lot in his part, but we got some part into this. So maybe instead of always just yelling at the devil and I mean, I have heard some really crazy things that people rebuke. I mean, yeah, I don't, I have heard it. I'm not even going to say all of it because I don't want to embarrass and I don't want people to feel like I'm calling them out. But I have heard a lot of crazy spirits be made up. And I'm thinking, I just, I think the spirit that you're probably looking for is the one, your name in the mirror. And because you know what? This is what I do. Sometimes I look in the mirror, Aaron, just stop it. I rebuke you yourself. Like, you know, kind of deal because we we have to get to a point where, um, you know, we realize that we need the grace of God. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, that that devil probably didn't give you a flat tire. It was just a nail. <laughs> and now Miss Gretchen says, and I, I couldn't really, dis- I could not agree more with what she says. How did you word it? I know we got to take a break and read the question, but don't waste a situation. Right. Mm-hmm. So. If we just sit there and say, Satan, get, and I heard, I have actually heard, I've heard this testified in church before. Satan gave me a flat tire on the way to church. Well, it was probably the nail, but maybe God allowed that nail to be there and allowed you to do this because he's trying to develop something in you. Maybe patience, maybe trust, maybe 
he prevented you from being in a wreck because that fixing that flat tire made you three minutes later than what you were going to be. And because you were three minutes later, you wasn't involved in that wreck. Mm-hmm. Don't waste a situation. I love that, Miss Gretchen. Rest in I his love presence, it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. It allows him to be there and you, and you see him working in your life. Mm-hmm. I really do like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Monday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What king of Basham was famous for having an enormous iron bed? What king of Basham or Bashan would be Bashan, B-A-S-H-A-N, Bashan, and Bashan, not Bashan, it would be Bashan. I was saying with M, but it's not M. Was famous for having an enormous iron bed. 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. We're back in on this morning, June the 5th, 2025. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that anything is possible. We serve a God of the impossible. And so it's good to be in the presence of the Lord. Really enjoy. Um, I'm really happy that we're starting in on John chapter 11. One of my favorite verses, one of my favorite chapters, um, you know, of... I'm sorry, one of my favorite chapters of the Word, um, really just talking about Lazarus and really what um, the relationship that we're going to see between Martha, Mary, and Jesus. Yeah, that was one thing, you know, we're not really getting to, but uh, I'll miss it. But, uh, you know, just like when Mary and Martha both said, you know, like, if you'd have been, been here sooner, he wouldn't have died, you know. <laughs> you know, and just that, you know, they're, they, uh, that's, you know, Sometimes I, I I look at like David, you know, some of the things that he would 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 speak, declare, you know, mm-hmm. and some I would think, oh my goodness, how can, he's bold. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I can do that, you know, and and maybe not in the uh, I don't have the right spirit in my heart, you know, to to do it. But but both of them, both Mary and Martha, both had a close enough relationship with Jesus to say, you know, if you'd have been here sooner, he wouldn't have died. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. You know? And, you know, I think, honestly, I I know we're not, I'm, it's so hard not to jump the gun because I yeah. love this chapter so yeah. much. But I, when I hear Mary and Martha saying that and the context in which it's saying it in, I really do think there's a lot of frustration. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of, I can almost, I can almost hear a sense of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Well, even the verse where it said that, uh, you know, Martha came out and confronted him. <clears throat> and it said that, you know, Mary just stayed there and didn't, it was still and didn't move. So he just wondered if she was thinking, like, I got to calm down. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I mean, it's, it's rough, you know, when sure. you lose someone you love. And, uh, you know, and I guess it, uh, you know, I, I, I never questioned or, or, <clears throat> or blamed God, uh, you know, when Brother Ron passed away, you know, uh, I don't know. The Lord just flooded me, but every, but every now and then, you know, I'll have a question, mm-hmm. like like last night I did, you know, just hearing what you know, Brother Lance was uh, ministering, preaching, and you know, and just uh, you know, all the things that he's you know done in his his lifetime. And I, I just thought, you know, we were kind of heading that re- direction too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, hmm, why, Lord? <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, but it it is. It's a it's a tough tough thing to uh you know when you lose someone to, mm-hmm. you know not want to wonder why sure mm-hmm. so. yeah for i mean yeah i completely empathize with that and mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and and the lord is big enough to take the questions 
Yeah. If you okay. know, because even Mary and Martha, I think this is the significant thing. I do think there was frustration. I do think there was disappointment. I do think Martha was Martha kind of hit it first, and then Mary kind of stayed back. Mm -hmm. um, well, Martha was kind of used to confronting Jesus yep. about some things. Yeah, like uh, you know, Mary was uh, in there. She was doing all the work, and Mary was just just enjoying the presence. Jesus, of the Lord. she's not doing nothing. <laughs> all right, um, and also Mary tended to be the more emotional one too. Like okay. you see that, like. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like, it's just their personalities. You can see the differences. Uh -huh. And I think uh, both of them were hurt. But also, Jesus never rebuked them for, like, having questions. No. Or mm -hmm. um, actually, he ministered to them through the whole time. And right. you saw the grace and the mercy and the compassion. And really, you even see, like, one point, we're going to see Jesus weeping. And yet, it's not over Lazarus. It's over the people. And... Uh, <clears throat> And all this is so that they may believe. Uh, Jason <laughs> says, coming in loud and clear in Chicago. <laughs> so we're being heard in Chicago today. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and and um, I thought it was so cool. Todd, you know, Todd Vingos was sharing some testimonies with people from <laughs> Honduras. I always say Venezuela. I have no idea why. And Honduras has downloaded the new app. And the other app is going to go away soon. I've contacted the developer for that, and um, I'm not 100% sure the the off date of it, but it will be probably within the next week or two. We're working on turning that off. And um, and so if you haven't got the new app, you need to get the new app. You go to you go to your app store, whether that's Google or iTunes or Apple. Not iTunes anymore. It used to be iTunes. It's Apple. <laughs> the Apple App Store now. And um, type in Tithely, T-I-T-H-E period l y church do that, app do that again t-i-t-h-e dot or period l-y and it's tidely church app when you download the tidely church app you will search box two and then you'll see us come up push us and you'll never have to do it again that's it um box two will stay on your phone and it's um the new app's got a prayer wall um, the new app's got an events page. It's got podcasts. The podcasts are on there now for Bethel Live in the mornings and the podcast of MBR, which mornings of box two. Um, we've got Todd Mingus's Hope for Today in there as well. Um, and so got a Bible um, prayer wall. We have a few prayers on here. And um, man, it's just so strong. And um, we hear your prayers. We see your all's prayers on there. Thank you so much for, um, you know, posting on there because we want to pray with you. And um, you all can actually pray as well and with us. And so that gives an opportunity to be able to get us in there, know what we're praying for, pray specifically over and with your all situations, come into agreement with you in faith, standing firm on the word of God and believing that God can do the impossible. And so we're just very thankful and honored that this is working out well and that God's using this for his glory because this is not our glory. This is his glory. You don't, we don't need you to know our names. We don't need you to know who we are. We just need you to know who Jesus is. And that's our heartbeat at the end of the day. And so I'm excited that even the app is another resource and tool used in the hands of the Father to grow his kingdom so that his, may, his name may be known in all the earth. But people, I know people in Honduras who has the app. And I know people in other parts of the world have the app. And God's literally using from McDaniels, Kentucky, a little studio in a town that has two two caution lights, two dollar generals, and two restaurants. And he's using this place from here 
He's using it to reach the nations, and all because of your guys' generosity and your giving and your monthly support. That helps us to do that. So thank you so much for doing that. We love you guys so much. Um, now, there is a few questions. Um, we have a few minutes. Uh, I know Bishop Lance and Brother Pastor Billy's going to come on with us at 8 o'clock here in just a few minutes, and we could not be more excited for that because I know God's going to – um, reveal some things and minister to people. And um, I, I'm I'm telling you what, last night, um, I, I just felt this really. Last night, Pastor Josh, um, he got a healing supernaturally. Um, nobody laid hands on him. No, nobody did anything. He just stood up in the middle of right before Bishop Lance is getting ready to preach. And he just goes, I'm healed. Whew. Man, I'm trying not to cry right now. And the power of God just flooded that room. And I'm telling you what, I believe there's going to be some of you guys listening this morning and you're about to receive a healing as well. I, God I loves you it. so much. He doesn't do it because he owes you. He does it because he loves you. And he knows how to give good gifts to his children. And we've seen healings. We've seen salvations. We know that God's doing tremendous things. And I just feel like there's an anointing not not to build anybody's kingdom, but his kingdom. And God will do it. And He he, he is faithful and he is good. And so we're very thankful for that. And again, all those who have posted on the prayer wall on the um, Box 2 radio page, um, we're praying. I have actually one i got to add to it. Me and Ethan were going to do it the other night, but Ethan said I better not. Um, and I, I, I said I'll do it when he's not around. But it's something about um, a girl named Hannah for <laughs> twins. Um, I don't know. Uh <laughs> I said, Ethan, what happens? Do you think she'll even see it if I posted it on the prayer wall for her to have twins? Because um, we're legitimately praying. Me and Eliza's coming into agreement. And it's uh, if you get Eliza in on the prayer, it's, I don't know. Like, um, I think she's found Jacob's ladder, the ladder that is, you know, kind of <laughs> direct ladder into heaven kind of deal. And so um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's good stuff. And um, I had somebody call me the other day. I'm not kidding. You. I had somebody call me the other day and say, hey. Will you pray for this? And um, won't you have Eliza pray for it too? <laughs> I said, sure thing. So I went up to Eliza and said, Eliza, you need to pray for this. Okay. <laughs> and so um, just, it's it's really, God's really good. Like, I just want to say that and declare it to the mountaintops. God's really good. Amen. And so um, you need healing today. Um, believe God for it. And he's, he's, in, he's still in the healing miracle working business. I mean, man, when that happens, you know, you could just see... Josh was just so thankful. Like his gratitude is what I believe just unleashed praise in the whole Come house. Come on, Whew. it was good. It was good. Um, you know, I've I've seen it sometimes where people will stand up and uh, oh, God healed me. Cool. I'm gonna go back to my pew now. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously? Because um, when I read in the scripture when people get healed, you know, the guy that's never walked before. He starts getting strength back in his legs, and he starts getting these muscles he's never got before, and tissue starts to develop in places that never developed before, and he gets up rejoicing, leaping, dancing, shouting, and I mean, he didn't hold back. And I'm telling you what, when God does a work, we don't, we can't hold back. Amen. Amen. Miss Mary Vincent got that answer correct. Miss Mary, it's so good to hear from you, and it's all King of Bashan. The remaining remnant of giants, Deuteronomy 3, verse 11. So, Miss Mary, we sure do love you and Brother Ernie. It was nice to meet you in person the other day, Miss Mary. <laughs> oh, did you get to meet Miss Mary in person? Yeah, at Hardee's. 
Uh, at at Hardee's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I never get an invite to Hardee's. Actually, the other day I had to go to the bank and um, Hannah was taking care of some personal things in town and and her and Ethan was going to go eat somewhere. And I dropped into the bank and Ethan was there and he said, hey, we're going to go eat here and, at this point. Um, and y'all think y'all was going to Wendy's? We couldn't though because the power was out. That's right. The That's power right. went out and like all the restaurants passed basically past Hardy's, so we went to Hardy's because they were one of the only ones with power <laughs> and then we ran into Miss Mary and Ernie so it yeah. was a good day it must have been the Lord it was. see how the Lord works <laughs> um, and so I, I, we love you guys very much and um, I, I have a lot of honor and respect for them too and I know God's still using them in mighty ways amen, amen. Um, well maybe we can get one Bible question in here before <laughs> the break I doubt it, but we'll try. We'll try. Let me find one that may not be too much. Um, let's see here. Do you think, let's do this one. Do you think the four friends that let their friend down through the roof to be healed by Jesus actually cut a hole through the roof? Uh, yes. I believe it 100%. I do. I, I believe the scripture talks about it. I think they actually had to get them down in there. And I think that they had no problem dropping them through the roof. Now, and there was so many people there, they couldn't get through. Uh, no, they couldn't. Uh-huh. And and I think there's some resilience things that we have a few minutes to talk about. But also, I want to say their roofs were a little bit different than our roofs, and so it's not like they're cutting through shingle or metal <laughs> roofs. Uh, and so, when we say cutting, they didn't have like a um, a power saw. They didn't use a circle saw and get an extension cord and and cut through like that. Basically, you could open up a roof relatively easy back then. It, it, they didn't have, like, nails and screws and all this. So it's probably not what we perceive an opening up a roof to be. But it is still, um, there was a resilience in the friends. There was, a, there was a determination to say, we're going to get our friend who's paralyzed, laying in the bed, to Jesus. Because if we can just get him in the presence of Jesus, we know that something's going to happen. That was their faith. That's and what would it be like if the church was those friends that were so resilient to say, if I can just get my friend in the presence of Jesus, what will happen? Amen. And I think if we learn to have some resilience and we have that resolve and that tenacity to get people, it's, I mean, honestly, there's so many times in the New Testament during the Gospels that we saw the resilience of people to get to Jesus pay off. Um, the woman with the issue of the blood, she's, she's wasted it all for 12 years. She's, she's had this issue. She's had this menstrual bleeding for over and over. It would have ostracized her. She would have put her out of the city. She would have been, um, unclean. She would have been all these things. And yet when she heard that Jesus was passing by, she said, I don't care the muck. I got to crawl through. I don't care what's in the muck. I don't care what's in the mud. I don't care what's in the dirt. I don't care if I have to go through the ditch on the side of the road. I don't care. I'm getting to Jesus, and I will not stop till I touch the hem of his garment. And when she touched the robe, he said, who pulled the power out of me? Who pulled it out? And they're like, Jesus, everybody's touching you. But he said, no, you don't understand. One person touched me because there's touching Jesus, and then there's touching Jesus. Mm. And she touched him. Why? She was so resilient to get to him. What if we were that resilient? Yeah. And we knew by faith that all we had to do was get into the presence of the Lord because we got to remind ourselves, and it's even when I preached yesterday morning, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think according to the power that is working within me. 
And it's like the story I told yesterday. Are we bringing him a milk jug and expecting a bathtub? Where's your resilience? Where's your pursuit? You need to look the enemy square in the eye and say, I will not stop. I'm setting my face like Flint. I'm going to get into the presence of the Lord. If you've got a situation, if you have a, if you have a circumstance, if you have, a, if you have a, um, a healing that needs to take place, don't, quick, don't quit too soon. Stay resilient. Stay pursuing. Stay passionate. Get in there. Don't stop because the enemy will try to stop you. He will put people in front of you to try to stop you. He will put friends around you to say the things to try to stop you. But when we set our face like Flint, I believe we can be like the four friends who say nothing is going to stop us from getting our friend in the presence of Jesus. And I believe that's what we got to do as a church. In the King James, it, in, it's in Mark 2, verse 4. It says, And when they had, uh, could not come nigh unto him for the press, uh, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it, de- broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And, uh, of course, we know that he rose up, walked, yep. was healed. Yeah, because they would have broken up the clay and just mm-hmm. dropped him in there. Mm-hmm. So I really do think they went through the roof. Mm-hmm. But I'm even remembered, I mean, I'm even reminded in um, of Zacchaeus, the wee little man that he was. Um, I say it's the story of my mom. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he had a problem. He was a tax collector, so nobody liked him. Nobody was going to let him to see Jesus, but he wanted to see Jesus. And the press there again was... Uh, he, he was not allowed. Mm-hmm. But what did he do? He said, look, I can't see him down here. I'm going to climb the sycamore tree. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes if you can't see him where you're at, elevate and you'll see him beautifully. And whenever Zacchaeus got into the sycamore tree and he saw Jesus and he called out to him, Jesus heard his cry and Jesus actually went home and supped and ate with Zacchaeus that night. Why? Because Zacchaeus had enough resilience and determination about him to say, I'm not letting a few people in the middle of the road get in my way of seeing Jesus. I'm climbing the sycamore tree. And you know what? I'm just going to prophesy for a second and say this. Some of y'all need to look at the religious system and say to that religious devil again and over and over again, you're not going to prevent me from seeing Jesus any longer. I'm climbing higher. I'm elevating. I'm going up to the mountain. I'm going to climb and ascend the hill of the Lord. and I'm going to see Jesus in all of his beauty because there's nothing more in the body of Christ that prevents people from seeing Jesus more than that religious system and that religious devil because it wants to keep you oppressed. It wants to keep the suffering, the suffocating the life out of you. And I'm telling you what, the system is falling and Babylon's about to go under and we're going to see the glory of God manifest in the earth and we're going to see the glory of God cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're preachy this morning. I like it. I like it. Well, we have, we're, we're going to come upon our hard break here. We're going to uh, read another question and get brother Bishop Lance and Pastor Billy settled in here and oh. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm telling you what, I, I just feel this in my spirit. I hope I'm not overstepping what they're feeling or anything like this. And um, we don't do this much. So it's not like this is common for us. But I truly do believe that if you need a healing this morning, if you are sick in your body, be prepared to receive the goodness and the love of the Father. And he is going to come and eradicate anything that is opposite of what he's designed you to operate in. Amen. And don't Amen. forget to declare his doing. Come on. Monday question. Testify on the prayer wall. 
God heals you, get on the app, testify on the yeah, prayer wall. Yes. Uh, you don't just have you get you can do testimonies. You can get on there and say, I testify. All right. Monday question number two, sponsored by Higdon Surveying. <laughs> what king executed John the Baptist after his wife's daughter asked for the head of John on a platter? What king executed John the Baptist after his wife's daughter asked for the head of John? on a platter 270-257-2689 we'll be right back here on mornings of box two radio on the box two radio network we are back here on mornings of box two radio thank you so much for joining us this beautiful day june the 5th 2023 on this beautiful morning the Lord is good, the Lord is sovereign, and the Lord is in right in the midst of whatever you're going through. He never leaves you, never forsakes you. He'll see you through it every single time, friend. We serve a God of the impossible. Why? Because he takes the impossible and makes it possible. Whatever you're facing, it's not too big for him. He is bigger than anything. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world, friend. And I just feel like God's going to do tremendous things in your guy's life today. And I know the Spirit of God is being poured out on sons and and daughters. And so we are very thankful that you are giving us your ear two hours every single weekday morning from 7 to 9 to a.m. Central Time. And this morning we are honored and privileged and blessed um, beyond measure to have Bishop Lance Johnson in the studio with us for uh, a while. We're going to spend some time together and we'll just see what the Lord does. There's a lot of great things that's going to happen. Uh, but Bishop Lance, before I continue any farther, just introduce yourself a little bit and let the uh, the people get used to you a little bit. Well, it's an honor to be on here with you today, and thank you for the opportunity. And uh, I'm just excited about what God is doing in Come this on. region, in this area. Being here last night in services was absolutely so powerful. The hunger mm -hmm. of the people uh, that just drew on the presence and the anointing of God was so powerful. Just opening up uh, uh, the service with a miracle mm -hmm. uh, was just amazing. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, I'm uh, I pastor in Rain. Ranger, Georgia, a little small town, uh, population about 109. Yeah, uh, but uh, we. Uh, well, is it still a town? It, well, it actually uh, was just uh, uh, decommissioned as a town by our governor, but um, been a, a, a small community, but a, a big God in a, in a small Come on. community. Revival is happening, and uh, but not only am I pastor, but for the last several years, God's had me traveling and uh, ministering, been hosting revival uh, mm. all over Kentucky, North Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, all over the really the southeastern United States, as well as places like Arizona, Oklahoma, and different places. But um, God is moving across our nation in a supernatural mm -hmm. way, and I'm honored to just be a part of that. I was talking with a close friend of mine who's been hosting an ongoing revival in North Georgia now for over five years last night after services were over, and, and the same atmosphere that's Come there. On in that revival was here last Ooh. night and there's just a hunger uh here that has the ability to produce a sustained revival yes. and this revival has truly if i might uh has really 
begin to transform culture in so many places across mm-hmm. America and it is it's 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 an awakening to the body of Christ it is causing her to emerge not just not just to be refreshed but emerge in 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 her calling and in her purpose yes. that the church is really becoming the influencer in their culture their communities mm-hmm. their cities and I uh, I was telling him last night how I'm seeing that across our nation he's seeing it across our nation and um i'm just excited that it's happening right here come on in this area of Whew. west kentucky so yeah. excited and i feel like one of the things that's happening through north georgia and even pastor todd himself um is really the significance and the importance of prayer in the body yes, of christ and what god's because we don't influence the earth just because we want to show up on a sunday morning and preach a cute sermon and sing a couple songs it's whenever we find that secret place, because in the secret place, we learn him. We know him. We experience him. Amen. And, you know, I think it's when there's a shift of mindset in people that go from seeking the blessing of God Come to on. seeking the blessor. Come on. We're, we're not after the hand of God. Mm-hmm. We're Come really on. after yes. the face of God. Yes, we're, sir. We're going after the heart of God. Yes. And, and when our desperation is for him and just not what he has the ability to do for us, it shifts everything yes. spiritually. Come it on. shifts everything in our personal life our ministries everything changes when we're going after him for him yes sir you can you can get his hand without his heart that's right but you never get his heart without his hand and if you pursue his heart then he will show up and do exactly what he says he does because i think you said it last night and it's and it's what so many of us have said over and over they follow that's never the pursuit they just follow the pursuit of him He's the jewel. He's the crown. He's he's that pearl of great pride. He's what I'm after. Not not his hand. His hand just follows. His hand's great. We don't. We never want to not have his hand. That's right. His hand's beautiful. But at the end of the day, his heart is the prize. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it's. I don't know that 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 doesn't come without a crushing process that we walk through in life that causes us to come to a place where we just really begin to seek him Mm -hmm. for who he is you know i i I made mention last night and it's something that that you see in the scriptures but it's another thing when you actually walk it out in your life that that moses wanted to know his ways Mm -hmm. and he spoke to moses as a man speaks to a man face to face and and you know, I, I I want that face-to-face relationship with God, not just uh, that I that I visit with Him, but I, I want that continual, ongoing face-to-face relationship where the presence of God is so important to me that His presence is my priority to the point that I don't want the blessings without yes. the blesser. Come on, and and I think that's what God is doing in so many so many places that I get an opportunity to go and experience. People have gotten hungry mm-hmm. for Him. Some of it is again has come out of brokenness some of it has come out of the challenges that some of it has come from just they got exhausted with with what i call institutionalized christianity and going yeah. through the motions mm-hmm. and never Amen. seeing the fullness of what we know god's word promises and people have backed up and said well if i'm not experiencing experiencing it what's wrong mm-hmm. and therefore there comes a there there comes a a, a a a a heart of repentance and brokenness that that we just begin to see him and and that's what's bringing i believe uh, this move of god yeah. across our nation it's awesome awesome he's so good and um you know i th- 
I was I was preaching yesterday from Ephesians chapter. Now I went on dad duty a little bit last night. I got to hear the first part of it, and I was outside the front door, with my ear pressed on the window. All right, so if you drove past Madrid last night, you probably thought I was a weirdo. <laughs> But I was hearing and ple- and doing dad duty at the same time. Um, but yesterday when I was preaching, and I somebody had told me, and I I could not hear this part. You went to Ephesians chapter three a little bit too. Did you go there last night at all, or somebody say something else? But I, I'm not for sure. But there was a part in it that yesterday really got me, and it got me because it was like you were saying some stuff that was similar to it. But in Ephesians chapter three, he actually tells the church. Um, he says, let me get to this in chapter three, verse 10, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God may be known to all the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. How can we let anybody know who he is and what he does if we don't know him? That's exactly right. Uh, you know, he, he starts that, that, the, the book of Ephesians, when he, when he prays that profound prayer in yes. Ephesians Come on, 1, man. that prayer awesome. in itself was the beginning of a great transformation in my life. When he, when he prayed for the church, not of believers, right. but Amen. the church yes. to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the Come knowledge on. of him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and part of what I think that a lot of times people really miss is that God's purpose and plan for man was always to bear his image. Yeah. Always. Yes. And, and, and you know, in Romans 8, it tells us we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus, knowing that Christ came to restore everything that was lost in the That's garden. Right. And and because God created man to, uh, to uh, in his own image, and he gave them the authority to have dominion on the earth. And, and, and it's our responsibility now as the church, when we walk in that revelation of him, that we behold him so that we can reflect him mm-hmm. that that we take our positions in the earth to to reveal to those principalities to those powers the manifold wisdom of god that word Come manifold on. meaning the many sided i love that word because there, there's just so much more of god than what we have experienced and yes. you know we we, we have an altar experience we get saved so well i know the lord but you know we're saying okay you know a god who measures the universe from his thumb to his pinky by the span of his hand the mm-hmm. scripture says and 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 then we won't think we know him in one altar experience <laughs> I, I mean, I want to. I want to. I want to get so close to him that I don't want to know the vastness mm. of the God yes. who, uh, who, who you know, holds the seven seas in the palm right. of His hand. Uh, I want to know this wisdom and in, in this knowledge and understanding that He has, or just a hunger to to know Him, so that we can reflect Him. That's right. In not just what we say in the sermons we preach, but the lifestyle mm-hmm. that we live That's and good. the demonstration of manifesting the very character of who He is yes. and how we love people, how we minister to people, the 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 words that that we share with them, mm-hmm. because the anointing is what destroys. That's right. We have to bear that anointing. We have to carry yes, it so mm-hmm. that it can destroy the yokes that bind people and weight them down. So just the more that we can see him, the more we can walk and and, and experience the revelation of who he is, the more we can bear that same image. But that was sort of my message last night and one yep. part of it. But yeah, powerful, powerful message. I, I love I loved what I I loved what I was I was able to hear. Um and so so I, you know, dad duty calls sometimes, and so most of the time, I'm on, you know, I'm, um, I'm on pastor duty, and so last night I got to be on dad duty, and I loved it, um, and so it's, I really enjoyed the, I just enjoyed last night. I know, 
Um, we're going to continue to talk. But Pastor Billy, I know you said yours are going to sit back. Um, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you. Um, you're, you you call Brother Lance a connector, and I, I believe you do have that anointing, sir. But I also think in this community you're going to be significant. And I don't want you to underestimate that. And I want to thank you for your willingness, your heart. And um, young guys like myself, young guys like Josh, we need you. We need you. And you set the pace and you run in this area. Yeah. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your heart, your hunger, your passion. Mm-hmm. And I know God's going to use you in a tremendous way still. He ain't done yet. That's for sure. And oh, so. Yeah. I think so. No, I just, the Lord's put in my heart probably about five years ago to unite the body of Christ. Yeah. And, you know, it's been on my heart now for five years. Come on. He blessed me so much, you know, to see the pastors that was there last night. Yes, you know, yes. many of those younger ones, you know, I more or less just was maybe a father to them when they was mm-hmm. out there in the world. Come I, on. You know, I tried to help them along the way, and he just blessed me so much. Amen. There was, uh, I like the number of the pastors there because I did, it was seven. Yep. And, you know, I'm grateful, you know, to get seven pastors, you know, together. I mean, that, so wasn't, that wasn't me. You know, that was designed by God, and I give yeah. him thanks for that. But, you know, he's just uniting the body together. Amen. And we're going to get ready to flow. Come on. You know, with the grace of God and, you know, the love of God. The Lord spoke to me about uh, maybe two months ago. Uh, he said the church that he's coming back for is emerging now. Wow. It will manifest three things. Number one, holiness, truth, and love. Wow. And what mm-hmm. that what that looks like is Jesus. Yeah. Yes. I mean, his holiness, when Jesus walked this earth, that's what drawed people's Come attention on. to him because mm-hmm. his conduct and his conversation was unlike any other unlike it never a man spake like this man come on but i mean the church that he's coming back for is emerging right now wow. and uniting the body together i'm telling you what god is doing is is the prayer that he prayed for his church that you and i are part of that right now for us to be one, Make us one. even as he and our father are one and i'm just so grateful and thankful for the connection god is putting in the body of Christ right now, connecting believers together, Come and on. raising up an army for this last move mm-hmm. of God. Amen. That the Holy Ghost is going to do this. See, man's had our, we've had our ways long enough. Mm-hmm. We've tried to fix things, make things happen. But listen, we just need to let God. That's right. We just mm-hmm. need to let God do and perform. That's Amen. right. And he's got to have us to perform through. So Come on. We've got to humble ourselves before the Lord Jesus. When yes. we went through the year of uh, the, the two or three years of COVID, the Lord spoke to me because many people were saying, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. He spoke to me. He said, son, you just need to humble yourself. Mm-hmm. I spoke that over a church. Amen. That's what we've done. I mean, we've got to walk humbly before the Lord that's Jesus right, right now. And yes. God's going to use us. There's going to be open doors. And I pray, you know, Brother Lance coming into my life, you know, when you have things taken from your life, Mm-hmm. And then when you see and connect with someone, someone that's going to take that place, you know, it's just brought a joy and a yes, peace sir. and a fulfillment to me. And I'm grateful, thankful, amen, for the man of God and the men of God that serve him amen. and humble themselves before the Lord right now. Hallelujah. God's good. Oh, man, that's, that's rich. Um, and I really do. I think it was... Um, it was an incredible night last night to see that many different pastors and that many different churches. And there was a hunger. Nobody brought their business cards in. Nobody mm-hmm. nobody tried to go up there and, you know, wear their fancy T-shirt to bring people to their. I'm not against all that. 
But at the end of the day, we've got to stop growing our little kingdoms and think we're going to change the world. We grow one kingdom, and that's his. Mm-hmm. That's his kingdom. You know, the one thing that I've seen this this move of God across our nation bringing is unity among pastors. Wow. Uh, it, it has brought to the surface some of the most genuine men of God and women of God that I have ever met in 30 years of ministry. Um, I relationships are being established that are the kind of relationships I describe is we'll get in the foxhole with each other. Come on. You know, we trust each other. Uh, you know, we, we, we just, I, I mean, I, I, I go to places where I don't even know what church members belong to what church, Come on. you know, because there's churches that are hosting these revivals and these moves of God in these areas and, and they've come together, they're working together. And of course, like in every situation, as you can imagine, people will migrate between the churches in a region. Nobody's offended. Nobody's jealous. Nobody's, that's my flock. That's my people. It's, it's like we're, we're pastoring together. Come on. Mm-hmm. And there's a unity that's not divided by sometimes, you know, people can sometimes bring division, not even realizing they're bringing division that's right. by being critical or cynical towards something in one church that may not be in another church. And all of a sudden it, it creates a, a, a riff, if you might, but none of that stuff. I mean, these guys are devoted to one another. They love each other. They love God with every fiber of who they are. And because of of it, the growth that has come within all the churches. I mean, it's every church is expanding uh, because people are being saved. D- disciples are being made. Come on. Converts are, are, are being produced as a result of the manifestation of what God is doing and, and souls are being saved. And, and I'm watching these ministries grow and, and it's, it's, it's awesome to be a That's part right. of it and, and, and to, to be a partaker of that. Even in my own personal life, I feel like I have the greatest camaraderie of, of pastors, friends, in my life that I've ever had. I mean, guys that I don't mind calling and, and bearing my soul to, sharing with them my battles and struggles that I face sometimes. I'm being on the road all the time. I get tired, you know, praying, just choosing, you know, what region do you know is God sending, uh, having the grace to be able to, to, to say no uh, and, and, you know, talk about all the challenges that creates mm-hmm. pastoring. I've been in a building program, and, and I've not walked any of these things in my personal life alone i've walked it with all these leaders and pastors across the nation that i've been able to pick up the phone and just share my heart with and say hey guys i'm struggling today you know i'm I'm tired Uh, Mm -hmm. pray for me or i'm in the process of penning a book you know and i I call and say hey i need prayers we all you you know just i need a friend today to to really pray god give me the grace to disconnect so i can sit down and write just sharing with these men the kind of things that you you need to share. You're mm-hmm. carrying a huge burden here. You're ministering here. You you're pastoring a church. You got responsibilities. You're being a dad. You're maneuvering through mm-hmm. all of the challenges of of ministry and and having the kind of relationships that God's bringing yes, out sir. of this move of God is so vital. Mm-hmm. Just uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, just like Pastor Billy and I, just these are relationships that God is establishing with men and women who have hearts that are that are pure and sincere and want nothing more than for Jesus to be glorified. So yeah. uh, that's one of the fruits of, of this move of God wow. and revival that's happening. It's bringing unity among among leaders. Yeah. Um, you said something last night, and um, I probably shouted too loud about it, but um, you, you was talking about how one of the, if you were going through a situation when you were first born again, the first person you probably was going to was not a, another pastor. 
and I grew up, and I'm not going to embarrass the denomination. I'm not even trying to trash it because there's good things about it. Yes, sir. But I grew up in the denomination when I was young, and I got saved at a young age. And um, I'm <clears throat> I'm young still, but I'm going about 18 years of doing this. Wow. And I remember when I first started, it was all about the political ladder. I was caught up in that system. I was caught up in the religiosity. I was caught up in that nonsense. Yeah. I was a young man. I was very impressionable. But I remember what a cutthroat thing it was. Yeah. Pastors didn't care about pastors. No. Yeah. They just they 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 didn't care if you were succeeding or if you were failing. Yeah. Actually, they preferred you to fail so they could trash you to the yeah. rest of the denomination because it was that climbing. Yeah. I want to be the overseer. I want to be the bishop. I wanted to be that. And looking back, it was the most disgusting, vile thing I was ever a part of in my life. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be mean. It's just there's no other way around it. And that religious system wants to keep offense. It yeah. wants to keep division. It wants to keep all of these things being birthed between leaders. Because as long as leaders stay divided, we'll lead our people in division. That is correct. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I am thoroughly convinced that God, through this move of the Holy Spirit, is tearing that stuff down. Come on. Uh, I'm going to use a word. It's pretty strong, but he's obliterating yeah. that old religious system and Come that on. old mindset. Mm -hmm. If people want to stay in that, I call it in, in, the, in the terms we use, the old wine skin, and, and, and it's not going to hold the new wine. And, and if people want to stay in that system, they're going to miss what God's That's doing right. yep. because it's not about who's going up. What it's, it's about pushing Jesus to uh, the top. Yeah. Come on. It's, it's about it's Amen. about us decreasing and him uh him increasing. I, I I told someone the other day, the generation of people that I'm seeing emerge right now are people that long to be in the shadows. They long for his name to be known and theirs to be forgotten. Yes. And and Amen. that has to be the heart of this generation right now. And uh, you know, I hear you say the word uh a young minister and, and I love that terminology, but my heart, and you'll have to excuse me, I get a little emotional. Uh, that's what I want to spend the rest of my life doing, is helping to empower young people that God is raising up in this hour to far exceed anything that we have done in our generation or anything that we were able to establish. We want to see them move to the forefront because they're carrying this heart of unity. They're carrying this heart of humility and brokenness. And, and, and I believe that it's, um, I believe it's just like the children in, in the wilderness that the, the older generation can, you know, you brought our children out here to die in the wilderness. There was a generation that prophesied the death of this younger generation. They said they wouldn't be anything. Yep. Come they on, said man. they're going to be the ones that are going to stay in their mom and dad's basements and play video games. And we spoke in death over this next generation that's coming. And I believe it's going to be a radical generation that God's going to bring yes. into the promised Come land. On. He's going to take the ones that everybody thought were going to die in the wilderness. And God's going to bring them in. Come and on. and I, I just, God's raising up amazing people in this hour. This is church is what it is. But, Come on. but with that, there's leaders that are emerging. Young apostles, prophets, pastors, <clears throat> that are moving into the fullness of what God uh, has prepared. But they're they're doing it because they don't seek to be the guy. They Come don't on. seek so to good. be the man. They yeah. they want Jesus to yes. be exalted. Amen. And and you know, they're I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm just yeah. I'm just thankful that I, I've lived long enough to uh to just see this thing Come happening. On. Uh 
it's uh, it's an honor uh, yeah. just to see it. And I thank God for men like you. Uh, I thank God for 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 dads that are standing outside the window with their ear pressed to the yes. door to hear Jesus. what God says. And, and but has the integrity to understand that our first responsibility is not how great our ministry is, but that I'm raising my own children to be the, you know, the, the next generation that you you understand being a priest of your home is a priority over being a priest to the, to the, to the, to the, to the congregation and those kind of things and <clears throat> that I'm seeing in this generation are, are, are uh, they they absolutely inspire me to 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 the point that I don't even have words to express yeah. it. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking of fathering, <clears throat> and um, I heard a I heard a preacher the other day say this on a podcast, and it's he said that Paul when Paul was addressing, we have many teachers, not many fathers. Teachers teach you to replicate. Fathers help develop who God's called you to be. And I love it because I feel like your heart's not trying to replicate what you're doing. Your heart is trying to give tools to sons and daughters to be everything that God's called them to be. Yeah, they're they're to be who they are, uh, to be the individual that is created uniquely by the masterful hand Come on. of God. And um, God's raising up fathers in this hour. They're it's as clearly as I've ever seen. One of the most humbling experiences I think I've ever gone through in 30 years of ministry. <clears throat> I was just in Indiana with Paul Johnson, and uh, uh, I was with him several months ago when when the Indiana Awakening started there in Avon. And he called me and asked me to come. And I'd ministered to Paul a few times and spent some time with him. And it was just a divine connection, much in the same way Pastor Billy and I. It was a, just one of those things where you just know, yes. man, I, this guy's a part of my life, and I'm a part of this gentleman's life. And so I got up to, he was introducing me to preach, and, and he just broke down and began to weep in brokenness. And and he said, uh, you're probably going to think I'm crazy. He knelt down on his knee, and he proposed uh, to me, but not, not in a proposal of marriage, in a proposal, <laughs> will you be a spiritual father to this generation? And uh, we need fathers. And, uh, man, it just... It demolished me, and I'm demolished right now. Uh, I don't want to get to the point of uh, not being able to speak, but uh, uh, it, it just wrecked me spiritually because there's a generation of young leaders with a profound anointing and gifting. I, I feel like that Paul Johnson probably has one of the most emerging voices right now in our nation right I, I, if there's ever been an apostolic voice that god's raising up paul johnson has that apostolic voice and uh for him to uh to cry out and say we need fathers come on uh it just it, it still wrecks me and 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 that's the thing what a huge responsibility to not go in there again and try to control, but to go in there and try to nurture and encourage 
the the giftings and the callings that are in these young leaders that God is sending to the forefront. He's sending them to the front lines to lead the church of the Lord Jesus Christ into a place of victory yeah. so that the name of Jesus can be exalted before the coming and uh, to equip his bride to see her adorned in white raiment before this coming, before the, before the eastern skies split, before that last trump of God, mm-hmm. however you want to describe it. But before that day comes, God's preparing his bride Come on. to advance his kingdom in the earth. And mm-hmm. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the true fathers like Todd Smith. Uh, he is truly a father. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm just, uh, I'm excited that God's raising. I could go on and list names of some of these, uh, Pastor Howard Jones, Pastor Billy, these, these guys are all fathers, you yes, know. Sir. Uh, even, even Clint Hopper out of the West Kentucky Revival, he has such a, a nurturing, fathering uh, heart. And and I could go on, there's so many more, and I, I'll yes, miss sir. names if I start mentioning. But but as much as God's raising up sons, he is raising up spiritual fathers. That's right, yeah. And I believe it'll be spiritual fathers. I know there's one obscure passage kind of, it's just, it's almost out of nowhere but in the old testament says there's an army of left-handed generation that could not miss a hair when they threw it with a stone when they threw a stone it wouldn't miss a hair they were so precise and they were so accurate but i think what he's doing right now is he's raising up spiritual fathers that know how to father left-handed generation because they don't look the same they don't act the same they don't they don't operate the same it's always looked because religion's never known them there's I believe there's a generation that's going to come out of Egypt that's that's never known it. Like they're 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 coming. They never known Egypt. They're not going to know the system. That's right. That's good. And they're they're coming out of the basement. Like I, you said, the basement a minute ago, and I just got this. I just started to feel like the Spirit of the Lord said, "I'm getting ready to take this generation that come out of the basement." It's almost like He hit them away, so He would never be exposed to religiosity. But there's a left-handed generation that's come, and I believe we need fathers that know how to father a left-handed generation that don't look like the church has always looked. Yeah, yeah. The Lord gave me a word about three years ago. Uh, I was talking with Pastor Todd about it last night at at midnight. I I think it was 12 or 1 o'clock his time. And uh, for me, I think it was almost midnight here, so it was probably 1 o'clock his time. And uh, we were having this conversation, and I was sharing with him a a prophecy the Lord had given me uh, almost three years ago now. I think I released it at the North Georgia Pastors Conference. And the Lord showed me as, you know, when Paul got on the ship that he warned them, if you, if you sail from here, this ship is going to, you know, we're going to, it's going to be destroyed, but we're going to be saved. You know, yeah. he told it. the Lord gave me a prophetic word concerning that. And he told me that, that the, the unbiblical church model Come on. that is in existence. And that, that's a big term. And yeah. <clears throat> please don't judge me out of a couple of words that that i'm sharing because that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different things to, yes, to different people but that there was an unbiblical church model that had been established and that that it because of the storms that were coming that that unbiblical church model was going to be destroyed and but that the real church which was the people in, in the ship 
we're going to be saved. Mm-hmm. And 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 it, there's a lot to that prophetic word. As a matter, it took me about 45 minutes to get it all out, but I, I'm putting it in the nutshell. But I think what you're saying is exactly right. There has to be a generation of spiritual fathers, an apostolic leadership that is not going to try to recreate an old church model Let's that go. God is tearing down. Come on. So yeah. that the real church can That's be right. established. And, and so you've got to father people without bringing in the, the, the old. But one of the things in that prophecy the Lord showed me was that, that the real church was saved by pieces. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible said that 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 they they floated to the yes, to the barbaric island on pieces of That's that right. broken up ship. There's pieces of the old model that are not unbiblical. They're very biblical and they're very solid in their sound. And and the Lord showed me that the real church would be saved from pieces, mm-hmm. but it got put together wrong. If you might, come on. And and so you got to have a generation of leaders that have the ability or fathers, as we're saying, to be able to hold on to the right things, but let go of the wrong things to help bring up this generation that God is bringing up right now to father them. And you, I love your terminology uh, to be able to father a left-hand generation, to be able to say, hey, let them be unique. They are different. God created them. They're, they're seeing things we didn't see in our generation. And we need to bring them up and release them to run and empower them to run while giving them the right pieces of the things that were correct because there were some things that were good. There were yes, some things that were important. And 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 instill in them so they can run and and fulfill their assignment, their assignment, not yeah. ours, their Come assignment. And and you know what I've seen in my own life, and um, Hannah, I don't mean to dominate. So if you got anything you want to say, you can say it. But um, she does. I know she does. <laughs> Hannah Hannah always has something to say, uh, <laughs> and so she's a talker at heart. Um, but you know, one thing of being a young man, um, and. There was times, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to be transparent here for a second. Sure. Um, I felt like a monkey that was being thrown out in a circus because I could get up there and you knew how to get the crowd. You knew how to get that. And I felt like I was a monkey in the the circus being shown off. And I believe that there was men in my life saying, oh, run, son, run. But they were telling me to run with a collar and a leash. And it was you run where I tell you to run. You run how I tell you to run. And you real f- run for the distance I tell you to run. But that's not the fathers we need in the earth. That's right. The fathers we need in the earth is saying, hey, you run. And as you're running, I'm going to be running right next to you. Yeah. I'm not controlling you. I'm not even guiding you. He is th- that's his job. All I'm going to do is run next to you and make sure you finish. Yes, 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 yes. I agree 100%. And uh, I, God is gracing up those kind of fathers right yeah. now across our nation as well as those kind of sons. Come on. And uh, I'm just excited I get to see a part of it. I see you over there just about to erupt. I see those <laughs> living waters I was preaching about last night just bubbling up. So uh, I, I know you got something to share in this conversation today. Yeah, um, it's just all confirmation. Um, <laughs> all Everything we're talking about is just confirmation, and I just feel so blessed um, to be here. And just, whew, whew. I just feel so blessed to um, be a part of this move that's coming. 
and be able to represent, you know, my generation. I'm 23. I'm technically part of Gen Z. Um, but I'm so thankful. And when you were talking about, like, the generation that's been hidden, uh, I feel like I was part of that generation. Like, I feel like for most of my life, I've kind of been hidden. Um, and I wasn't always seeking, you know, a place or anything like that. But I feel like now is really when I'm stepping into what the Lord's have me to step into. And I've been scared. I mean, it's scary at first. It's scary to, to step into the unknown. But I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful. Whew. I uh, I just want to say this. I know this is personal. We're on the radio. A lot of people are listening in. But, uh, you know, God has given me such a heart uh, for the young people. Go for it. Because I, it's like I just want to take them and grab them by the hand and say, let's go. Let's run. <laughs> I want to take them and just give them the, the, the wisdom to keep them out of the ditches. Come you on. know, But to give them the freedom to be able to run because I, I can tell and I can see the anointing and I can see the passion and the fire of God in your life that is ready to go and, and change your generation and to bring the hope of the of the gospel and the in the light of who he is to your generation. And I just want so much in my life to be able to help empower. You know, my, mm-hmm. my whole goal is right now in, in raising up. Uh, I have a, a, a training center called Lionsgate Ministry Training Center. And uh, but I just want to get them all in the van with me. I mean, I've even looked at a bus that I could just draw these young people in the bus with me and say, come on, guys, go with me. Come on, let me just release you mm-hmm. um, when my teams travel with me and. And I've got some really young people that are ministering in, in worship and, and different areas. And when they travel with me, uh, out of all the things I get a, the honor to do in these revivals and preach and places I get to, to do things and share, there's nothing that moves me more than seeing the, this team of anointed young men and women that are so on. on fire and devoted to God and see God use them. Yes, and, sir. and that's the joy that I find today in ministry. Uh, if I don't ever get another blessing in my life, that's blessings that I don't even have the ability to articulate in words right now on this program. But that's my heart. I want to see you fulfill everything God created you to do. I want to see you with that emerging voice that is shaking a generation and uh, shaking a, a, a nation because that's in you. Come it's on. in you. It's in your generation. And anything I can do to help empower that is what my heart's desire is today. And and uh, I think it has to be the heart's desire of all of us as mm-hmm. leaders. Let's bring up this generation. Let's, let's quit speaking negativity and start speaking the promises of God over them. Let's release the prophetic words that God is giving us to this next generation so that we can pass the baton and, and, and help to do that in a way that never restricts you, never confines you, but literally untethers you so mm-hmm. you can run. And uh, so, anyway, I'm sorry. I, good. Sometimes I talk no. about this. No. I'm very passionate. Release the line. Well, let's go. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I love Amen. it. I, I'm, You know, and, and what the Lord's doing in these seasons of he's moving us out of the way. Like, that's just, I think this is what we're all going back to is it's not about one man. It's not about one. It's not even just about one voice. It's about the voice of the Father being released in the earth through his children. Um. You know, we've seen prayer meetings lately and in prayer meetings and just in the prayer meetings, we've had kids who just step up and say, I just got saved. Yeah. I don't even know what, 
I just I know I just got saved. Nobody nobody coached them. Nobody gave them the sinner's prayer. They just met Jesus in the middle of a prayer meeting their mom was praying at. Yes. This is what's going on. This is nobody knows names. Nobody's nobody's fascinated with that. The thing that fascinates us is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when G, when John looked in in Revelation and he said I saw the seven candlesticks representing the seven churches. I'm sure they was glorious. But the one standing in the midst of the yeah. seven candlesticks is the one he fell down and he saw and he fell down as if he was dead before him because it was him who mesmerized him. It was never the candlesticks. And if we can't get out of the way of Jesus sometimes and let the earth see him instead of us, yes. nobody will fall at his feet as if they're dead. Amen. Amen. I uh, One of the things I want to take a moment and just release, I, I felt like in the middle of all of the things that that are happening, the Lord began to speak to me and tell me that we were about to come in. And what you said reminded me of that. The Lord, uh, the Lord said, we're coming into a great season of of harvest, come like never before. And He told me to begin to prepare for the harvest and engage people in the harvest. That that this move of God was going to be accompanied with with tremendous harvest, and that we had to turn our focus and passion toward toward winning souls. So I, it was really unique. I was sharing with Pastor Howard Jones down in Nortonville uh, what the Lord was speaking to me, and he said, "Well, let's do that at the West Kentucky Revival, and uh, which as you know has been going on for two and a half years now, and." Um, <clears throat> We uh, we we did a crusade. We did the first. We call them Harvest Now Crusade. Did the first one, and and oh, it, it was just like God breathed on this, and and yes. I mean the souls, the peoples that got changed. It was so powerful. He said we can't shut this down. We got to go another week. And uh, one of the other pastors during a, a meal after the services said, Bishop, we this can't stop. We yeah. got to do this across the whole state. Come you know, on. this this needs to go as from the east to the west. And he just began to speak. He said, "I want it in my church." You know, this is this is this is the heart of God. Come on! And <clears throat> within forty eight hours, literally, we had without phone calls or initiations, just literally, people started calling out of conversations. These crusades begin to erupt all the way across the state of Kentucky. Yes, sir. From all the way from Clinton, the furthest to the west, all the way to Pikeville, yep. the furthest to the east, and 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 everywhere in between. And and I know that we are we're scheduled here uh, on uh, September the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. If I'm if I've got those dates correct, and uh, that there'll be a uh, we'll. We'll be here for the Harvest Crusade, um, and I know it's going to be powerful. But also yes. know that uh, something something is happening here prior to this crusade. Come on, uh, it's going to be amazing what God's yes. going to do. Uh, we're just going to be glad to be able to host that. Amen. Uh, we're 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 excited and uh, we're stirred. Uh, <laughs> we're stirred to say the least. Um, we prayed about this Saturday night at our prayer meeting and um, feel like there's something significant surrounding September yeah. in a big way. The, the harvest right now is amazing. Uh, I was just in Indiana. I don't know how many people, I would say 15 to 20 people uh, there 
were, I mean, people were running. It, it, the, the conviction that sat down in that room, it was just like the other uh, Harvest Crusades that we've done now in Marion and, and Nortonville. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of God just sat down in the, 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 the conviction, people weeping and crying and broken before the Lord. wasn't just they were coming to respond to a, well, you know, I need to get out of hell free card. Uh, it was a, it was a broken, I'm, I'm up here repenting. I want transformation and change in my life. And you could just see it. I, I, I had to leave to come down to this meeting and I left and they were still baptizing people. I don't know how many come people that, that got saved. The guy, they were going home wet. I, I, one guy told me, he said, uh, he said, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do about a car. He said, we got no clothes to change into, but we're not going to miss this. Come on. And, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're climbing into baptistry, going to drive home wet. And I thought, well, how amazing is That's this? That's right. And uh, it's, it's awesome to Come see on. what God's doing in this harvest right yeah. now. One listener texted in and said, brother, uh, amen, brother Lance is the third pastor I've heard this is the season of the harvest coming in. Yes. And so I know, um, and if I could... Can I share a testimony really fast? Absolutely. Hannah's already heard this testimony, so she's going to have to hear it for about the 100th time probably. Um, Hallelujah. Um, but I think the significance behind the harvest is the church is finally getting their heart right. Um, because Jesus said at one time, look up and then look out. You'll never look out appropriately if you first don't look up. And for so long, we only looked out without looking up. And I remember I was at Walmart. This was years ago, probably about five, six, seven years ago, and I saw a woman who is clearly on meth. I mean, clearly. You, we all know the distinctives. And we all know the distinctions. And she was clearly on meth. And I looked over to my wife, and I'm just um, I'm like, I think I said to her, what a waste. What a waste. And my kids were like, Dad, what, what's wrong with her? And I said, oh, because she, she actually had liquid plumber in her hand. So we she's going home, and she's going to make it. Yeah. And... I'm judging like I, that's my heart right there. I, I'm just judging. And I know the Holy Spirit arrested me at Walmart that night. And he said, you see this, but I see a whole different thing. You don't know her pain. You don't know her trauma. You don't know her past. And if you would get my heart over this woman, then you could actually reach her and see her. I see her. And he arrested me. And I feel like the church for so long has looked for that middle-class white yuppie group. That's the group we're looking for. We want their child check. We want this. And really, he's after the one everybody else has forgotten. He's after the addict that everybody else has counted out. He's after the marriage that everybody else has said not going to work. And if if we would get his heart, then we would really see the harvest coming. I think that's what's doing in this season. Yeah. I don't know how much time we got. We got uh, time. We'll make time. I'll, uh, I'll <coughs> share a brief story with you. Uh, well, y'all are wrecking me today. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hold it together. Uh, I'm, <laughs> wow. I'm fighting back it. Um, uh, well, the spirit of the Lord is so strong in here right now. But I, uh, when when God really began to 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 break me, um, and I, and I say the Lord broke me, and I'm so grateful for that. Come on. Um, I just started going after God, my heart for the young people. God just started transforming my life. And uh, revival for me didn't start at the North Georgia Revival. I don't know if you know my story there, but I went there to preach a, a men's Saturday night, just a, a men's gathering. And and then uh, Pastor Todd had asked me to stay over uh, for Sunday morning. Um, and then God moved in both of those services. 
spontaneously God asked uh, Todd asked me to stay over for Sunday night, and that's the night that God sat down and uh, and the North Georgia revival began. And I I was there eleven weeks uh, yeah. nonstop. Never knew if I was going to be back the next week. Sometimes Todd wouldn't even call me till Friday and say, Bishop, can you come back Sunday? And I did. And, of course, you know, I've been there for with Todd for five years uh, preaching in that revival. I preached there once a month. and um, But that's not where revival began for me. Uh, the Lord uh, sent me. We had a prison ministry, and the Lord sent me to... Um, to Central State Prison in Macon, Georgia. I lived in, in, at the time, we lived in Canton, Georgia. So that was about a three, three-and-a-half-hour drive through Atlanta traffic to get to that prison. And I just went there to do a one-night meeting, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Son, I'm sending revival to this prison. I want you to do whatever I ask you to do. And, and I said yes to the Lord. And um, God just sat down in that prison that night. And the 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 chaplain recognized it, and started just said, "You got to come back." I mean, she called me the next day and said, "You got to come back." And so all of a sudden, she starts booking me through all these. It's once a week now. It's twice a week, three times a week. Then they give me the lifers program, which is all the people that were in in the prison yeah. for life, and they would give them to me thirty something at a time, thirty two I think, but they would give me thirty two of the inmates at a time, and it was basically to mentor them, mm -hmm. and um, uh, they they have a state program the way it's supposed to be to be ran, but they gave me the freedom to really just mentor these guys. Well, all of a sudden, all these people start getting saved. I mean, it just breaks out. We went from a, a chapel that would house 100 people to a gymnasium that would house 800, 900 inmates, and it was filling up. It, God just, it was it was incredible. Yes. The, the whole prison population started getting saved. One of the biggest gang members got radically Come saved. On. Even the warden <laughs> came to his baptismal. Let's go. Uh, it, it was just unprecedented. But what I told you that story for, was to tell you that it was in that prison ministry where God captured my heart, mm -hmm. uh, took me back to his heart because I sat across from these lifers that were there for rape, murder, you name it. And uh, when you see a 300-pound man who probably don't have a pound of fat in his whole body, he's just this big, huge, burly, you know, enormous man, and his face is stiff with anger and resentment and hurt, and you watch him break in front of you and tell you how that he was molested as a kid and abused, and you hear their backstory, and you see the tears run down their face, and you say, you know, it's easy to judge. Come on. what he's done but you don't know where he come from and the pain that he lived through and I don't know anybody that could live through some of the horror stories I've heard and not become damaged goods and when I say damaged goods you know these guys don't hold back like we do in church and things I can't talk about on the radio today sure. but they didn't hold anything back in the stories that they told me and what was done to them and it broke me inside and it just said, you know, Jesus came to heal these people. This is why he endured the stripes. Come on. This is why he paid the price. And it's easy to judge somebody's behavior, not understand that their only ministry 
or their own, not ministry, they're only living out the life of sin that was committed against them. And it started, you know, it's easy to say that, that, you know, the wages of sin is death, and we all understand that, and Jesus died to forgive us of our sins. But he didn't just come to forgive us and heal the sins we commit. He come to deal with the sins that were committed against us as well because they just follow in the pattern of the incarcerating power of sin that was committed against them and so therefore they just they do what was done to them they they're covering up their pain and they're sinning to cover up their pain and and they need healing they just don't know it and we will never bring healing to them with judgment come on we must minister to them healing and wholeness and what Christ came to do that his love has never abandoned them and uh you know, I just saw the heart of the Father. Come on. And it has been uh it's been life changing for Come me on. and I think it's one of the catalysts that let me capture the heart of my father toward broken, hurting people. So uh as much as I feel like I have an assignment to to uh to try to reach the church to wake up and to be who God's called her to be I, I'm 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 trying to find those broken, hurting, wounded people Come on. that are calling the cycle of sin Come because on. they've been sinned against the, against Come in on. brutal ways of injustice, and they need to be healed. Yeah, and uh, you so know good. we can't we can't see them healed if we're if we're if we're judging them. That's right. If we're condemning them, yeah. and and I'm not saying that, that. Listen, we can't condone their lifestyle. We can't. I agree I, oh, with yes. that, honey. We can't compromise the message of holiness. No. But we've got to be the hands that bring healing to these people. I, 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 I listen. I, I get, again, I get passionate, but I. Yesterday morning, I, I ministered. The Bible says that the publicans and the sinners drew near unto Jesus to hear him teach. Why were sinners drawn to Jesus? But we can't beg them to come to our church. Why is it that we can't even manipulate people to come to our churches with a free giveaway of a TV or bring a friend day and we're trying to we're trying to manipulate people to come to our churches, but yet gee, but sinners were drawn to Jesus. Mm. There was a woman who was a sinner that everybody in the city knew she was a sinner. And the Bible said she ran into a religious man's home uninvited and broke down and began to take her hair down and weep over his feet and wipe his feet with the hairs of her head. She took a year's salary that was in a box called an alabaster box, and there was a year's worth of salary of, a, of an expensive perfume. And a woman who was a harlot broke that alabaster box and poured that entire bottle of perfume over the feet of Jesus. This woman was a sinner, not a Christian. Come on. Not a believer, not a follower. She was a Christian. I mean, a, a sinner, but yet, but yet she would worship with extravagant worship, and she would pour out 
her life savings on the feet of Jesus, and we can't get people in our church to even lift their hands, and if we do, we think that there's something wrong with it. We can't get them to engage in worship. They just want to sit and stare. Come on. And they want to listen instead of engage in worship. And I have to think that what do we do differently than what Jesus did that made sinners run to him? He didn't compromise their lifestyle and, and condone it. The woman at the well who was broken in that in that destructive cycle from one relationship to another, Jesus asked her, "Go get your husband." In other words, let's deal with your let's deal with your brokenness. He didn't sweep it under the rug. He yeah. said, "Let's deal with it," because he wanted her to be healed. Yeah, but I think that's the difference between religion and and true mm-hmm. the heart of the Father, Come true Christianity. Hallelujah is that Jesus doesn't reveal to condemn. Jesus reveals to heal. Come yeah. on. Amen. He doesn't so expose people's sins to shame them. He exposes them to forgive them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think it's the heart, and you said it, that God broke you that night in Walmart. Mm-hmm. You saw that lady the way God saw her. And I think that's where we got to have a revival yeah. Yes. Yeah, of the heart of the Father in the church so that we see people like Jesus sees them. Come on. I'm sorry I'm a little so good. I know we got um we're one minute over and radio's pushy, but I'm I'm not gonna leave here. We'll be five minutes late. I don't care. I want you to pray for us. Miss Renee will hold on. She'll preach when we're done. Father, we uh, we you, just Jesus. come before you with great humbleness, God. I ask you to move today in the heart of every person, God, in this studio that can hear this broadcast right now. I pray God set down on us today, Lord. Let your spirit so in it just absolutely encompass us right now, God. Infiltrate our hearts, melt away the calluses, Lord. Father, anything that stands between us and you, anything that would grieve you, God. Remove it from us right now, God. Let your sweet Holy Spirit be breathed upon us right now, bringing refreshing revival and renewal, God, that we become the people that you have called us to become, that we are your hands and feet, that we minister from your heart, that, Lord, that our words become your words, God, that our actions become your actions, that we will be just as Christ was, that we will do what we see the Father do, that we would so be captivated by your heart, God, so captivated with you, Lord, that we move as you move, Lord. And I thank you today for touching every person, God, that is that is that is listening right now. Father, may may your Holy Spirit set down in their automobile as they drive, God. May you set down in a kitchen right there where somebody's listening, Lord. God, captivate their hearts and bring them closer to you than they have ever been. May they see the goodness. And your glory like never before. Open their eyes today, God, that they may behold you. God, I thank you for ministering to every person today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you need us, if you need ministry, 270-257-2689, or you can text me at 270-230-6337. Whatever you face, whatever you've gone through. 
The Father loves you more than you could ever imagine. He loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you don't know him today, we want to invite you to know him. He's a good savior. He's a good father. Mm-hmm. There's a thick anointing. We love you guys. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.